Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel and Adam for another episode of the Horror Express. And tonight we're talking about the first Resident Evil movie, starring Mila Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez. This came out, I think, in 2002. Uh, it's a you know, it's, it's 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 a zombie movie, but it's like a, a slightly different zombie movie, and obviously it's based on the Resident Evil board game, not board game, video game. I don't think I need to uh, tell people the story. I think most people know the plot, but you know, it's a uh, um, it's basically, a, you know, they have to go into this thing called the hive, and the first part of the movie is kind of like a a military delve to to figure out what happened at this hive place and then they turn off the ai that 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 runs the place and that releases all of the zombies of a bunch of people that were killed there in an incident that happened at the start of the movie and then it becomes like this big zombie fest type thing but it's it's definitely a little different than most zombie movies i think and I don't know. Uh, why don't you guys say what you know? I, I, Adam, did you say this was your first time watching this movie? This was my first time watching it. Yeah. Jo- Joel, yeah. how about you? Is this your first time, or you, you had seen it before, right? No, I've I've seen it before a couple okay. of times. I just hated it back okay. when I was a kid. Okay, so why don't we get Adam's reaction first, and then we can give our reactions because I want Adam's unprejudiced response <laughs> to. I honestly for about the first hour i just was not enjoying this Mm. much at all it was just every plot beat i saw coming (laughs) all the dialogue was just so rote there's even people in it that i like but their their characters were just so flat that i was just like oh oh but it started to actually get pretty fun as it got closer and closer to the end. I was like, okay, it, it got it did some, some of the stuff that happens. There were still things about the plot that just make no sense to me at all, which I would, I'd be, I'm more willing to forgive plots. That don't make sense when I'm more engaged with the characters and so yeah. on. But it's like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was getting engaged with the characters at <clears> all till it was, you know, kind of getting into the final act of the movie. But, you know, I mean, it's I, I don't know I, I'm not sure if I'd recommend it necessarily but by the end I was like okay I, I, I was that was that was kind of fun but yeah. uh make a mental note of those plot holes because I think we definitely want to discuss those on oh, our yeah. own uh yeah. Joel, Joel what was your reaction the first time and your reaction watching it this time uh I, my reaction was really similar to yours Adam when I first watched this movie but I was also unfortunately for this movie a fan of the Resident Evil games Oh, and there too. was only the three ones that were really, I think there were four out at this point, I think, or maybe it was, no, it, it was four games, but not the fourth installment yet. It was the uh, first and second Resident Evil, Code Veronica, then there was another one that came out. But it was right before the franchise started getting really goofy, and I think the goofiness of the franchise was a benefit video game-wise, and tonally it shifted it closer to the movies. But at the time the movie came out, this particular movie it was very atonal in terms of the game because the game, as you know, is set in this dingy, grungy, like very down to earth, Mm. like, well, not down to earth, but like very real feeling mansion filled with like gross zombies and monsters. And it's like, everyone just seems like a person, you know, Mm -hmm. they're a little colorful because they have different Mm. uniforms and what have you, but like, they just seem like people that are in a kind of fantastic and horrible situation. And in this movie, everything's like sleek, and clean yeah, yeah it's all clean steel and like slick black military uniforms and mirrored polished metal and lasers and it's like how is this resident evil so i bounced off this movie hard the first time i watched it i was like this is not the aesthetic and this time i still bounced off all that pretty hard but i 
kind of came at the movie not as much as a fan of the franchise, but just like as a movie. And like actually as a movie for the time, it's really beautiful. And some of the some of the directing choices were really interesting. And a lot of the cinematography is cool. And yeah, it's beautifully well produced. It's like a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing, which kind of frustrates (laughs) me. But it wasn't terrible. It was entertaining. And some of it was downright spectacular. So I'm a little softer on it this time around. I, I don't love the movie, but I think I would recommend it in general terms. Yeah, and so in my reaction, so I was I was a fan of the video games as well, but I was only a fan of the first two video games. I don't think I played the, like, the code what was it, code veronica was that the yeah, third one it was the dreamcast yeah. one yeah. so that was uh, a limited okay. limited audience. I, I had the dreamcast actually but i don't think i got that game on it um but i had the playstation versions of the game and uh and 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 also you know i you know i was dragged i was kind of dragged there by a friend to see it and i was going in expecting not to like it because i just generally didn't like video game movies you know joel mm-hmm. has changed my opinion on mortal Kombat, but at the time that was sort Same of my director by the yeah, way yeah um, but at the time, I, I remember not liking Mortal Kombat, and I probably also didn't like the director as a result of not liking Mortal Kombat. I went in thinking, I'm not going to like this. And all the stuff Joel says is true. It's a totally different thing from the video game. And that was something that I uh, initially, when the movie first started, I think I had a little trouble with. But it really kind of started to captivate me. And and I think that, I think I bought in pretty, like like, there's an opening scene where they're playing that, I don't know what you would call it, but it's a really weird piece of music and they zoom in on the lab and the guy's doing the thing with the mechanical arms to get the virus. <laughs> that that zoom in shot really kind of pulled me into the movie. And then the the scene where they're where you don't quite know what's going on inside of the hive, I thought that was it was distressing and interesting to me. But then when the, the the stuff that really kind of pulled me in is when the Michelle Rodriguez character shows up and you have this SWAT team. And I was like, ooh, this is like a fresh... Like, like I, I understand why that element's there. I understand how they're pulling that from the video game. But this is not at all what I would have expected. But it's a fresh take. And it's also like a fresh take on zombie movies. Do you know what I mean? So... And, and that was my reaction to most of the film. And I think I, I, I really liked it when it came out. I always kind of remembered it as a sort of a fresh, interesting kind of cutting edge zombie film. And, uh, and, and going back and watching it again, I had a similar reaction I was like, yeah, this, I, I do think a lot of this holds up in the same way for me. The areas where I think it's really weak is mostly to do with the CGI, like the monsters, the, um, mm. the skinless creatures. Those did not look good in this version of the, you know, those would have been much better handled by CGI. Some of the other CGI was more seamless, but those ones were pretty bad. And I think they, they, they either should have gone with practical effects or waited 10 years for, for every time a CGI effect showed up. I was like, I've got to know what Brendan thought about this. Well, yeah, the hallway of death effects looked pretty dated, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if those looked good when they were new, but I was like, ooh, I mean, I that's think some the, old CGI. I think at the time the CGI was fine to us, but I feel like CGI is one of those things where, you know, any any movie made between like the late 90s and 2010 that used CGI is paying a heavy price for any decision that it made, right? Because CGI mm-hmm. really got better after a while, and so... Um, you know, with a few exceptions, if, if a lot of effort was put into it, it could look good in certain movies. But but if they, you know, here. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is around the same time that, you know, Lord of the Rings movies were coming out. So it's like there is there are movies that still yeah. hold up pretty well from here. But they, they didn't. I don't think they spent as much money as they spent on a 
Lord of the Rings with this. <laughs> yeah, no. It's a pretty sizable budget in this movie. I looked it up. Oh, yeah? I was like, well, because it this movie kind of baffled me on this take because I was like, this is beautifully put together, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of brainless in a really, yeah. really like Fast and the Furious Transformers movie, Michael Bayish kind of way. Like every time there's an action scene, especially when the, the zombies first break out, like the action scene music is this like punishingly loud yeah. and persistent and droning industrial metal that's like I did not like the soundtrack stops. yeah no it's, it's I got I gotta say I like this I actually that's the part of it that I liked and I don't like that music <laughs> in general like industrial music actually bothers me but I I liked that they were going it, it just was I don't know. Again, it's just not what I was expecting with the zombie movie. It's not what I was expecting with Resident Evil. And I kind of felt like it was almost like the director was coming up to my seat and shaking me in the theater and being like, watch yeah, my I movie. Mean, I like, you know? I've liked industrial yeah. music a lot going back to the eighties. Mm. And I, and it was just the music in this just, that was just it like, didn't work. Eh, I, didn't, I think didn't, didn't like it. Didn't Marilyn Manson do this music? You can probably, yeah, I saw it. that when the credits yeah. rolled, I was like, Oh, okay. So you got someone to blame there, but, um, yeah, but, but yeah. I, but I did, I did like how it was, used um the other thing that i think i liked about this movie at the time and obviously this trope got old over the course of the you know 2000s but i thought this was like this was one of the first really good like kick-ass women zombie movies do you know i mean like there were other ones too like we, we watched night of the comet and that kind of got into that territory but it was a little bit more it was still a little bit more old-fashioned say not quite as stylized and there was the infamous return of the living dead 3 which has a really weird kick-ass female character. But this was one where they kind of went, they really committed to the idea with both the Mila Jovovich and the Michelle Rodriguez characters. And so I, 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 I don't know, I like that. I thought it worked. It, it could, And again, for some people it might not because you literally have her kung fu fighting zombies. And that that <laughs> might be a problem yeah. for some viewers. I, and for me, it would even theoretically be a problem in a movie. But I... I don't know. I just liked it. I like watching. I, I actually enjoyed that. That, yeah. that may actually took me back to Dead Alive. Was what I okay. Off <laughs> that, that, that I, I kick ass for the Lord. Is that? Yeah, what yeah. That, was, that was where my brain. That was that one of the moments. Right. That, that that was like where the movie started to get my interest. Mm. Up till that point, I was just totally like, uh, and I was like, okay, well, this is this is getting go- goofy. Is going to work for me if the movie can keep doing okay. that. Okay. But there was a lot of goofy in that scene too, because when she like she's talking about when she like kick flips off the wall and kicks the dog in the head, like mm-hmm. the next cut is it it's a reverse shot and she looks out to the other room and there's like a whole bunch of dogs right up there in her face yeah. and he's like oh oh there's a and it's it's weird because as a Resident Evil port that's ridiculous and tone shattering and just yeah. Like, really toned up and awful but as a as a movie it's so entertaining that you're like i was willing to forgive it on this viewing i was like okay that's actually funny in a way i don't know if they were anticipating but i i'm getting such a great gag laugh out of this then then having Uh, her like having shot every headshot every single one of the dogs then the other dog peeking through the window it's like "Uh uh-oh so it was just it was great it was just a really I really, I really enjoyed that so scene. It's ridiculous it, as it was. And I think it was good, too, because they had Mila Jovovich, and that was obviously a tie-back to The Fifth Element, where her character mm-hmm. was like that. So it just kind of, you instantly kind of buy yeah. it. And also, she's obviously, she's obviously gotten much better at that kind of action performance by the time you get to this movie. And I think the other, the other scene that really sort of stands out at that opening for me is when Michelle Rodriguez says, blow me to the guy. 
I just remember, huh. like that. I've never been able to forget that line, and I think it's because it, it just struck me as like a really remarkable thing for a female character to say to a to a male character. Because I remember being jarred by it. I was like, "Wait, wait, did she just say that? What is that?" You know, it, it just kind of disrupted my thinking for a minute, and and it made me respect the character a lot more. So I thought that that yeah, her, worked. She was a shining star in this movie. Like I, on every line that she delivered, I was like, fuck yeah. Like yeah. Every single line. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was great. I, I have a, I have a note that says I came to see Mila Jovovich, but I stayed for Michelle Rodriguez. I feel that, <laughs> I, you know, and, and this was like, I, cause again, she was in girl fight before this, but this was the first movie I saw her in. And so I hadn't seen her in anything. And I, I just remember being very, very impressed with her when I first saw this film. Um, and, and again, for a lot of the reasons Joel said, you know, it's it's a lot of it's kind of corny stuff. Like it's these one liners that she delivers, you know, or like like I think like at one point and, and we're going to get the spoilers here. It's revealed that that uh, that uh, one of the characters is a bad guy and he has a, a romantic past with the Mila Jovovich character. And when he turns on them, I think she says your boyfriend is a real asshole or something. Yeah, but, you, know, <laughs> you know, just, you know, lines like that. Um, but one other thing I thought was yeah. really. Oh, go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say just a quick note. Her, her her character's name was Rain. And that is the only character name I remember out of this movie. So there you go. Oh, yeah. That says something. If you if you watch <laughs> the franchise, you will eventually connect eventually Mila Jovovich. Mila's, to... Mila's name. Yeah. <laughs> Alice. Because, well, because they, they really start taking that Alice. name and turning turning her into a proper Alice character. Do you know what I mean? She's there's okay. kind of a Wonderland thing that starts to go on with her. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. I would say, wouldn't you say, a, Joel? About well, yeah, my they op- got the Red Queen in this movie too. So yeah, yeah there's supposed to be an Alice in Wonderland thing going on here. It's because I never really light, picked up but... her name. That went right past me. I yeah, was you, just you... like, oh yeah, Red Queen. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the 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 other thing that I I really think this movie did brilliantly, and one of the things that I think when I first saw it, I was really uh, intrigued by, and I wanted to know the answer to, was how you have these two characters that completely forget who they are at the start of the movie, the Mila Jovovich character. And is it Spence? Is he the, um, is he uh, the bad? So bad... there was Mark Anthony, the whole movie. That's all I was thinking. So the guy, <laughs> so yeah, the guy who plays Mark Anthony from Rome, his character. Um, so he, I thought he did a pretty good job by the way. Cause he, he only, he, was, he only screwed up yeah. the American accent like once that I was able to really. There find. was a point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but um, I was actually impressed with with with, with Mila's accent in this because like go, having the first movie I saw her in was uh, Dazed and Confused where she has no dialogue where she didn't speak English at all and I'm like wow she she really really put in the work during those years you know, I mean, since the early nineties she doesn't have much of an accent when I've seen her in interviews actually I think um, I I don't know I I don't know what her I don't know like what her language abilities are in terms of when she came to America, but if you see well, her, they interview... weren't like when like I said, literally when she was in Days Confused, they gave her no lines because okay. she just couldn't couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't didn't give it. her a lot in Fifth Element either. Yeah, she had, she had a few lines, but there were there were multipass. Yeah, 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 yeah. not many. <laughs> um, so, uh, but um, but I I really like that. I like the concept. I like how it played out. I like that that. They don't know if they're the good guy or the bad guy until midway through the movie, right? Like, like you're fall- Like, in fact, they're even misleading you. They're letting you think Mila Jovovich might be the bad guy, and she's slowly discovering it. You know, yeah. I, I kind of thought. That, I mean, obviously, she's Mila Jovovich. You kind of know she's the lead, so 
Yeah. Kind you, of you know there's five more movies after this one with her as the well, lead. So. Yeah, but when it came out, we didn't necessarily know that. I so. know. Um, but I thought I thought that was kind of cool, and I like how it sort of slowly, you know, they slowly got their memories back, and uh-huh. and it was a little bit corny. The guy, the guy doesn't know he's a bad guy, and then when he gets his memories back, he's fully committed to being a bad guy. <laughs> but <laughs> it was it no introspection. Is always like, oh yeah, I am an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's face it, he's really good at, at being a bad guy. So yeah. it just, it just. Yeah, it's like I had a moment of thinking, does that make it? Ah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. like that the liquor was in this movie, too. It didn't feel super Resident evil until that thing showed up and was uh-huh. it, like, I, I think I'm actually going to go on record here and disagree with you almost completely about the CGI. I actually think it looked really good, uh, okay. especially because, okay. like, a lot of times when they used it, it was diegetic. Like when they used the little uh, readout of the inside of the complex, that was supposed to be a at the time cutting edge actual computer readout. No, that that I have no at. problem with. That that um, was fine because that was computer technology. That like that's what they would have been using when the movie was made to do, a, you know the the schematics of the thing. My issue was mainly what is it called? The liquor is that the name of the monster? The, yeah, yeah, the yeah, liquor. Yeah, the, uh, that that awesome. that that's the one that I think is the the biggest problem in the movie. Really, all the other effects well, I, I don't have I much don't of know. an issue with. I like I I get that it looks more CG and fakey, mm. but like they clearly had a model for it too that they were yeah. basing it off of. Because when it's like in the train and getting sucked under, that's a physical thing. There, yeah. there's no way that's just CG. So mm. it's one of those things where they're they're trying to be restrained in how much they're using it, and when they do use it, although yes, it is obviously CGI, they try to mask it in a kind of a clever way. They give it this glisteny kind of like rubbery texture so it's like oh okay that looks a little fake but the thing does look a little fake it's a rubber monster you know and i will say this it's still a ferocious opponent i was still afraid of it so it's not like the cgi was so terrible that i was like popped out of the movie um it's just sort of like when i watch an old movie and there's a guy in a suit and i'm kind of like that's a guy in a suit (laughs) you know um you know the creature from the black lagoon is still scary but you know it's a guy in a suit. Do you know what I mean? Like that—that's kind of how I would view this one. I that think does I, diminish it a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. Um. But 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 and, and again, I I just feel like I feel like they should have either waited three years or like just gone with practical effects, and it might have been more effective. Do you know what I mean? Because it's kind of like a I, thing. Well, then it would have been creature. a guy in a suit, though. Well, I, I'm picturing something more like the thing because of the nature of the creature. I figured they could have kind of got away with that kind of practical effect. Um, but maybe, I don't know. I mean, at the time, I don't think I had as big of a critic criticism of it. I think at the time when it came out, I bought it and I had no problem. Um, it just now, I didn't really have an issue with it myself either. I was fine with it. I mean, yeah, it was CGI, but yeah, I, I, was I think fine. in a video game it, movie, a CGI monster is a lot more forgivable. I was going to yeah. say, I think that's it because I, I have the video game in my head. No, so that's it, fair. It, that's fair. That's, yeah. that's a fair point. The other thing too, that I think this movie did in a good way. And I don't know other zombie movies always tackle this to a degree, but I thought they did it especially well was how they, they take a really long time to figure out how to kill the zombies. Like, like, and, and they're a special ops team that have, they have the ability, like, you know what I mean? Like more than almost any other characters in a zombie movie, if they had that intelligence, they would have been able to really get themselves out of a lot of these situations. And so it creates this effect where you, the audience, totally know how to kill the monster. And you're extremely <laughs> frustrated watching all of the heroes not know 
that they need to be shooting these things in the head and that they keep going for like the center of mass whenever they fire at them. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's exactly what they'd be trained for. Yes. The movie is smart enough to show you them shooting it in the leg to try and do disabling shots and then going for center mass and using a whole lot of bullets to do that and it not working. And it's wonderful that it steps you through it. Um, It's a, that's a point I actually admire the movie. Um, I'll give it a lead. It's frustrating. They don't try the head. No, it is, but I, I, I think I kind of appreciate it because I'm like, I, they really should be doing that, but that's making me feel their peril even more. And it's, I think it's good that the way they did it because they're a competent team. So they had to, that was sort of an angle that worked for and when they, their ranks were bigger, kind of getting fought, you know, that that's kind of how they were able to whittle them down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And man, they really sweep the team away in that hallway of death scene you were talking about. <laughs> uh, I have well, to say, I, I love the the hallway of death is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Actually, um, I, I think I've come around, I think I've come around on it. I used to hate it, for the record. My issue with it was that I've seen Cube, which I think came out maybe two years <laughs> before this, and like I said, I, I'm watching it years later. But I was just thinking, it's like, man, that is such that that's just Cube. You just you just did <laughs> well, Cube, so here, it. Yeah, here, here's what I like about. Well, here's what I like about that whole beginning part of the movie. I like that it starts out where it's all this tactical stuff and all of the zombies are contained by the Red Queen. And mm-hmm. and they're just dealing with breaking in and then the team gets killed. And then it's not until they deal with the Red Queen and and the guy uses the device that the zombies get released. And and they're kind of responsible for their own demise. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's what I like about it is the way that they, they set it up. So that's, Ooh, we kind of got this like special ops entrance into the hive and then, and then boom zombies. And then I don't know. I, 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 it's kind of like a plunge. It's like, it's like you're on a ride and the first part's a little bit calm, a little bit serene. There's, there's, you know, obviously there is danger and excitement with the, the grid inside of the hallway of death. Um, but it's all manageable. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to get too out of control. And then zombies everywhere. And it's just like, it's like that plunge down the cliff. Um, yeah. I was saying, in defense that, of the, as I, as I criticized the hallway of death, the thing I liked about it is that guy who was kind of the team leader that got killed in the hallway of death. It's like, he was the most wooden person in the movie. So when he went down, I was just like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't I, I wasn't as bothered. I thought, see, I thought what he was doing was he was kind of like the calm, collected person that was supposed to make you feel safe do you know what i mean and Mm so when he died that's why i felt like his death was was useful because it was like this is the guy who's kind of like you know he's he's wooden because he's like a you know report like do it you know what i mean like i i get that i i was just my reaction to it though i was just like uh i don't know i just (laughs) no one is going to begrudge you your shot and for you at a good kill on a zombie movie (laughs) like, <laughs> now what did you what did you guys think of the red queen i'm curious about that uh that cgi was really bad but again <laughs> but that would have been genetically it, it makes was sense. a computer <laughs> yeah so um okay ooh. you keep using that word can you define it for people because i feel like that's a word that it's one of those words that my brain has been stubbing its toe on lately it just means like it's okay so it's hard to define like without an example like basically if you hear music in a movie you kind of assume it's part of the soundtrack but if someone then reaches over and turns a knob on a stereo and and the music switches off that's diegetic it's something that's actually a part Mm -hmm. of the reality of the movie itself Mm -hmm. um so like yeah the you're not just we as the audience are seeing like that 
3D readout of the of the computers, uh, like the computers generating like the readout of the hive. But that's not just for our benefit. The characters are seeing that as yeah, well. It's part yeah. of their reality. Like that's what the readout on the screen they're looking at appears to be. I mean, so that's I, diegetic. And I think under that, with that in mind, I think that means that, you know it was a pretty good uh, effect because that's what it would have looked like, right? So yeah, yeah. It, they it, they admit the limitations by embracing them as part of the limitations of the technology at the time, which I think is kind of brilliant. Actually, there's a lot of really clever screenwriting moments, like that that hallway of death scene where the leader gets killed. The scene directly before that is the first time he goes from being super wooden to having that moment of humanity yeah. with Mila Jovovich. Because she's like looking at that thing and she sees like something horrible and she's like, I don't think I want to know what happened here. And for just a second, he lets the act fall down and he's <laughs> like, I don't blame you. And then he goes and dies. And I was like, damn, now I feel bad about it. This movie's smart. <laughs> uh, just, but, uh, just enough to care. Yeah, my issue with the Red Queen, just that, I was just thinking about like what okay so they the the umbrella corporation puts this computer in charge of running the hive. Yes. And then this well this virus gets loose which in their their sealed containment room because the air vents connect to the entire complex for one thing. <laughs> yeah. But I was just like what? But then then you know basically when that thing gets loose she contains everything, mm. locks everything down and then somehow has no way to communicate with umbrella corporation at all so they said that a team to take her out which i'm like uh, and then you know then, then, so, so it doesn't make any sense he, to me but here's here's what i so here i have thought about that and, and i think okay. that i think that's a very valid criticism of the movie because it's the one that always jumps out at me why Number one, why can't she communicate directly with Umbrella, and why can't Umbrella just say, "Hey, what's going on?" Like you, cl- you know, closed everything well, down. Why? Why is going to put she... an AI in charge yeah. of your thing? Just have a kill switch yeah. on it too. Yeah. But... <laughs> but but here's my my the conclusion I've reached. I don't think the movie does a. I don't know if this is what the movie intended. Joel, you can weigh in. I don't know if the movie really conveys this. I feel like she's kind of gone down the Hal road a little bit, where you know she's making decisions that are going against the protocols that umbrella actually probably had in place do you know what i mean and well, it's like, like i don't know if like i can to... describe empathy to to umbrella like oh our computer's getting too deadly it's like i don't no, know no no it's not, no that's, no no what i'm saying is <laughs> what i'm saying is she they 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 might have had uh i'm not saying that they said don't kill people what i'm saying yeah. is what i'm saying is she's gone down the hal road of she thinks she knows better than than umbrella and she doesn't trust umbrella uh-huh. To deal with the, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's possible. I'll say and one one more point, just along the same lines. It's just when they do get into the the you know core room where they're going to shut her down. It's just like oh, she just kind of says all this stuff, and it's like, can't you just in at least one sentence be like, if you do this, this is what will happen. Not mm. these vague, you're all going to die. <laughs> and it's just like, come on, yeah, can't it's you? It's a very audience-facing AI malfunction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Later on, when she unleashes the liquor on someone, she's like, I was a very naughty girl. Yeah. Like, no, I got to say, everything... that was that was kind of a funny line. like that, like that, It was funny. Yeah. Uh, it was but funny. it was also... Everything that happens in this movie is the worst cliche, right? Like, like you were talking about, you can see everything coming, and oh, actually, yeah. it's the it's first to the half, point where, every... yeah, it gets to the point where it's so 
bafflingly that that you actually can't predict it anymore at a certain point. <laughs> like whenever she starts kung fu kicking the zombie dogs, I was like, okay, you know what? That's actually so stupid I couldn't foresee it. And that happens a lot after that point in this movie, you know, because it's like, wow, this is like if Michael Bay was just a stream of consciousness writing like and this this happens and then that happens like that's the first half of this movie. But then he gets like super cracked out in the last half of the movie. He's like, this she kung fu kicks a dog. Well, I, I feel I'll oh, go, go ahead and finish. I don't want to interrupt you. The conclusion of my thought. Is that the same reason that I detested the first half of the movie is the exact reason that I loved the last half of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it never stops being as cliche and stream of conscious and dumb as it can be. But it kind of doubles down on it midway yeah. through, like right after that zombie attack. It's like, and now it's going to get real stupid. And I really like it after that. I feel I feel like um, I mean, we've talked a lot about sort of the, the inner conflict of the geek, right? Like 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 the you know, sort of like you know fetishizing being smart and 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 sometimes not valuing basic fair enough, right? And I think that uh, one of the I've always struggled with that. I think, and I think a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of gamers do. And this is yeah. one of these movies that I felt was kind of a kick in the pants for me in that respect because I kind of went in. Being this is going to be a shitty movie. This is a video game movie. You know, I like the video games. The video games were really smart video games, right? Like they were yes. for video games. Those were intelligent. They were intelligently designed. They were really well done. And I was kind of expecting if they're going to ape that, it's going to also be intelligent. But I knew it was also going to be stupid. And and I felt like the movie kind of was like, no, we're going to make a kick-ass zombie movie with with women that do kung fu and deliver one-liners. And it's going to end with Mila Jovovich, you know, lock, loading a shotgun and just, like, getting ready to go to... You know, like, that That was like a kick in the pants for me as a viewer. And I just, I just couldn't help but like it, even though I didn't mm-hmm. want to like it. So it was one of these movies that kind of just won me over. Um, and, and, yeah, I don't know. But with, in terms of The Red Queen, I don't know. I like the character. I kind of, again, I file her under... I file her under a lot of the AIs, a lot of the, the HAL-type AIs. Uh, I think Adam raises a lot of very valid criticisms. Of, <laughs> of the, you know, and especially as, as I was watching it today, I was really thinking through some of the implications. Of the, and there are, there are tons of holes yeah, I, in... You, you guys have so much more faith in the brain power of this movie. I completely didn't even give a shit what the, was going on in the plot. I was like, okay, things are happening now. Where's the zombies? <laughs> yeah. That was it. I, I really did not. I'm not even going to try to make sense of it. Because I mean, like, okay, so why why does the compound have a protocol where it unleashes a gas on its special agents that are defending it that erases their memories and makes them unconscious for several yeah. hours? Why was that its move? Like, this will definitely help. It didn't. Uh- why did Umbrella um, send a SWAT team down to blow it up to come out? Well, I think that gas first. was meant for the intruders. And I think they're just like, well, we're just going to take everybody out and then let the SWAT team handle. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know. clearly the AI has no fucking yeah. clue what it's doing. It's well, like the screenwriter of this movie. It's just like, ah, eh, I'm winging well, it. Well, so like one of my favorite scenes is also one of the worst in terms of the continuity with the AI. I love the elevator scene because it, when I saw it the first time, I found it jarring. I was like, wait, why are we in like a an office building lab types. This isn't resident evil. And then before I know it, people are falling down an elevator and there's all this stuff going on and I don't really understand. And it's, it's like the, the, the information is all there, but my brain hadn't really processed it. Cause it's all kind of happening so quickly. And, uh, but there's a thing that happens where we find out that the, that, that the red queen is doing this cause she wants to contain the problem. She was, so she's killing people. She's, she's trying to shut down and lock everything. 
but that one elevator th- where we get like the real window into what's going on she's toying with them she's not just efficiently killing them right like there's a there's like a cat and mouse game going on in that elevator which is not at all consistent with what we know of the red queen right so i i feel like and i and i think it's because they're playing to the audience they want the audience to sort of be like "Ooh, what's going on is her head gonna get cut oh no it's not oh my god it's getting cut off from the other side like you know Mm -hmm. that kind of thing so that was a fun scene it's a fun scene but like if you stop and think about it you know, like I said, the criticisms what? that Adam mentioned were like, why in God's name would the child robot AI be doing this? Yeah. Uh, it's clear <laughs> that she went insane at a, a point in the past. And Umbrella, like whoever was in charge of it, was looking over like the the little AI scroll out. And they're like, "Yes, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we can fix this later." Well, if we're going, <laughs> oh, one other plot hole that's recalled too is just the whole you know when she lets them know it's like oh well when they find out well actually i think it's i think it's michelle rodriguez's character that reveals this oh you know after this emergency protocol goes into effect this place is going to lock down in an hour it's like okay your emergency protocol is if something horrible happens let's wait an hour and then we're going to lock everything down and so it was just like why would why, what's the, what's the yeah delay? i was confused by that hour? i was a little confused but i thought maybe that was like an additional delay like when we, we breach give the it a fair chance to get out no i mean so. what i was saying is i think maybe what she was saying is when we breach it this time like after it's been locked down and we breach it it locks down again but i, I don't know i don't that, know that, i thought it was that could make sense um that, I do want to say there was a great line that the um, the guy who played Mark Anthony uh, delivered in this movie, which I, I, at the time I remember being like, oh, that was a pretty interesting, like when he when he has the gun up against the guy and he says, I wouldn't want to shoot you, I might need the bullets. Yeah. I, th- I thought that yeah. was a good line. And also it made uh-huh. total sense. It was like, okay, yeah, he shouldn't want to waste bullets in this situation. <laughs> so It is Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> now the, uh, I, I, what was the name of the guy? Was it Matt? Was he the guy that was like the... I call him the PETA guy. He's not working for PETA, but he's like the activist guy that was, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What was his name? What is the stupid name? I think it was Matt. I could be wrong, but one of the things I like about his character is how, if you pay attention to his clothing over the course of the movie, he transitions from starting out as like this really like kind of pathetic activist character that you're not really supposed to respect as a, as an action guy and by the end, he looks like John McClane. He's got, like, the white tank top on. You can see he's got the muscles. <laughs> His hair is all, like, you know, styled. And it, it's just a really interesting transformation that seems to happen just by the clothing that gets dropped over the course of the movie. Yeah. Um, which, again, I think that plays into some of the stuff Joel was talking about in terms of, like, what this movie is going for. You know, like... Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Um, uh were there any, any other uh, any other uh, thoughts on any of the characters or you know any anything that I didn't bring up? I mean, like, the... oh god, it's a. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you don't really get characters in this movie until about the halfway point of the movie, right? Yeah. You just have like functions because it's more event driven. Now yeah. this is happening. Now this yeah. is happening. Now look at this. Ooh. So it's it's hard to get into. And then as soon as the zombies start attacking, suddenly like, oh, no, he was bitten. Oh, no, this guy is getting torn yeah. apart. Let's get out of here. Oh, they're right behind us. And suddenly 
like slowly you start getting more flashes of memory from the characters that are amnesiacs and they all start interacting and you kind of start remembering their names and it's strange i've i don't think i've ever encountered a movie where you didn't have characters until halfway through well it's yeah for a horror movie especially usually you want to establish the characters early on and then crazy stuff happens but everyone's all you know serious business for the entire first half of the movie and nobody or nobody has like a a conversation or which which again that's one of the things that i think i found so jarring when i first watched it but it was like a refreshing slap in the face it was like no you're not it is very unique yeah it's like no we're going right into the action and and like you know and it's all and and that's why i think that music for me kind of works because it's like no you (laughs) we know you want like you know some kind of dialogue no you're not getting that you're getting you know you're getting action yeah, we're doing it this way. Yeah, yeah, and they're so certain of their vision. It's it's really a peculiar kind of watch. And I'd like to point out that I don't really still, even at the end of this movie, have any idea what Mila Jovovich's character's motivation was. But she, for me, was my favorite character. As soon as she spun kicked a zombie dog, everything after that, I was like, man, I want to see her do more karate. And that was actually more than enough character for me to root for her for the rest mm-hmm. of the movie. So. Yeah, I think this movie is smarter than I think it is by being really deliberate deliberate about being as dumb as it is, you know. And uh, about it. Now, what did you guys think of the ending? How'd you what was your uh, how'd you feel about the the, you know, the zombie apocalypse in was it Raccoon City, right? Is where we Yeah, we good old there. Raccoon City, right up the street from Silent Hill. Uh, Adam, this is your first time seeing this bizarro ending. <laughs> Tell me all about your feelings about it. I liked it. I actually, the ending, just, just having the, the uh, zombie apocalypse there at the end, it was, it, you know, it, it was just a fun moment. I mean, it's, it, I, if I was, if it reminded me of anything, it's just like how you kind of get the, uh, you know, the, uh, let's see, the original ending to Army of Darkness where he, like, you oh. know, wakes up. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can definitely just, see an Army of Darkness thread there with yeah yeah i mean it's obviously it's a little different it's totally different because ash is just like no or she's like i'm just gonna go kill some zombies which is a which is a more optimistic tone for an apocalypse but you know well it it gets into the badass thing because the whole idea is like you know they just like in these movies you just barely escape with you know with like a you know threat of your life there and you're presumably exhausted. And so that's what happens to her. She recovers, she gets up, and instantly she's back in the frying pan with way more zombies now everywhere. Yeah. And instead of just giving up, she's like, no, I'm getting this shotgun out of this cop car and I'm ready to go. And so it was, yeah, I, I think too, a nice thing about it is also the whole movie has been pretty claustrophobic where you've mm. just been underground the entire so having this final shot where it's just like ooh, look at the scale of this world kind of yeah, yeah. especially considering it's the beginning of a franchise so as a beginning of a franchise ending it's a good ending definitely well i almost wish that that's where the franchise ended because i feel like that's such a good ending Do you know what <laughs> oh, I, mean? like, okay. like, I don't like, know what the sequels are like so, yeah. yeah well i mean people probably disagree i think joel might be more favorable towards the sequel than i am but i i remember being disappointed by the sequel when i saw it i might have a different opinion if i saw it now um, I think you should, because uh, you're right. I do have a opinion. How do you know me so well? It's almost like we've been friends. No, I think years. I think it's come up. I don't think it's just that I intuited it. it. Well, it has. Yeah. Uh, because I saw the entirety of Resident Evil 2 with a few of my idiot college friends right after we played some D&D. And honestly, it was brilliant. 
it, it it began as dumb as this movie ended, and it got dumberer like as it went on. And I, it was fantastic. It was really fun. I think the problem for me with that movie, again, if I watch it again, I might have a different reaction. But I think this movie ends in a very striking way, and then I was able to picture what I thought was going to happen. And so when I went to go watch part two, it was totally different from what I was imagining. And that was the source of my frustration as a viewer. So, you know, it'd be interesting to go back and watch it. But but I do really love just that final shot. She's got the shotgun and it's just yeah. devastation everywhere. And she's just ready to go. Like, I, I, to me, that's like a, I don't know, I think it's a real cool character. Like, it's not, again, it's not the most, like, subtly crafted character in the world. <laughs> But it's, you know, but like we were saying... You don't want subtlety from that character, though, you know? You want to see her kick some more ass. Well, we were kind of saying this before the podcast, like, subtlety's not the end-all, be-all, and sometimes you don't want subtlety. And I think here, I kind of just wanted a good character to cheer for at the end, and that's what I got. Well, you know, that brings up another point about the movie that was my issue during the first half. Mm -hmm. You know, the one reason why the, you know, kung fu dog kick is such a good part of the movie is that, you know... She has a really great personality that kind of shines through, even though she's got barely any dialogue in the first half. She doesn't do anything. It's like, I feel like, you know, she's kind of just cargo being pulled along by this group through the first part. I'm like, I was still intrigued by her, even though she was doing nothing. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, once she started doing things, I'm like, oh, okay, this character I was immediately drawn in by is now doing stuff. So that that. That is, I guess that's one of those things where it either works or it doesn't, and it's almost like a necessary feature of how they build the movie. But sure, it's sort of like she slowly acquires her 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 memories and therefore her character as the movie goes, and so she mm-hmm. doesn't even realize she's like a you know super kung fu master. You know, I think it was actually Taekwondo that they mostly use, but she doesn't realize <laughs> yeah. she has these talents until. until i think i think there's a moment where she has to fight something and she just it just instinct takes over and she starts fighting it like a trained professional and then it's she looks down and is like oh i know how to do this um (laughs) but i thought that was also kind of that's kind of a cool scene like having a there's like a it's sort of like the born identity movies i don't know if you guys have seen those Mm. did that come out before or after this actually that would be a that's kind after. of a good. I think I would say after, but well, I mean, it's it's a book too. I remember they're the Robert Ludlow yeah. novels. They're I haven't, I haven't read, 70s, I haven't read so. the books though, so I can't comment. But but maybe yeah. that's where they got the idea. Either way, well, I mean, one of the oldest screenwriting chestnuts in the book is have your main character have insomnia, but secretly be awesome and important. You know, like it's. I love that trick. I really do. I actually recommend it to to new, to new writers, but like. Um, it is a chestnut as long as it's not well used. Insomniac or Fish Out of Water are the two for getting exposition across. And she really is a receptacle to receive exposition for the first 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Though I have to say, I do like I do like the way that they delivered exposition when they did it. It was very kind of like business-like and, you know, you're going to sit down and listen for two seconds because we don't get time to, you know. Well, yeah. If we're going to talk like they... about exposition, I loved the text scrawl at the beginning of the movie because it felt to me 
like just the ridiculous of it. Like, oh, not even their employees know that the company <laughs> is doing this. That it it felt to me like little text crawl you would get on a coin op video game in yeah. the '80s, like explaining really the game did. you were yeah. about to play. That is what that I I did love that about the movie. Yeah, there were a lot of really good video gamey moments like that in this movie. Yeah. Again, going back to the kung fu dog kick scene right before that. Uh, uh, Alice, I actually remembered her character name, uh, has this amazing overhead shot where she like punches this zombie to death. And the overhead shot is exactly like a shot you'd get in Resident Evil. And I looked it up yeah. on Wikipedia in the 20 minutes between finishing this movie and starting the podcast. That was deliberate. There was a lot of little okay. deliberate things like that. They even actually at one point, and this is a fun little chunk of trivia that Wikipedia shared with me, ran out of extra zombies to fill out a scene. So actual Capcom staff got dressed up as zombies and joined it. So there's some real Capcom staff in this well, movie. One of the little things I like, too, is how they bring back the coffee spilling scene. at the Yeah, movie. That, was that, that was fun. That 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 was one of the few scenes that like really stuck out in my memory that I never forgot from the first viewing, um, mm-hmm. but uh, and just and just the I don't know just the the indignation the guy has on his, uh, over the spilled coffee, not realizing the the doom that's about to fall. You know, right, it's like it's like I was the main villain. Well, it's just what I just find it a little bit amusing that like that that the guy that that character the character who gets coffee spilled on him. His biggest concern in the world is the spilled coffee. And then, like, within 10 seconds, it's, he's got such bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. But uh, God, I almost hate how dumb this movie gets because of how smart it is. Like, every single time we talk about something like that, I'm reminded about how intelligently put together this movie was. How efficiently it together. And then they make all these weird decisions where it's like, I think maybe they just think we're all idiots and unfortunately, I think they were mostly right. <laughs> There's, uh, I w- it's this is a little bit besides the point, but it's maybe relevant. Uh, I was uh, doing a podcast on a movie called Swordsman and the Enchantress the other day, and the villains have these really elaborate, weird plans. And Adam's nodding his head. I think he might have seen it with me. I, and, yeah, I've yeah. seen it. <laughs> okay, and so the one of the villains explains their cunning, and she's like, "Well, we think people in the world are just jerks and are easily duped. So we, <laughs> and that's kind of, the, it's kind of the you know the attitude, maybe you know like." Um, <laughs> But it, but also it is, you know, it's Paul W.S. Anderson and he's kind of an, he's a difficult person to pin down because he can kind of shift between being uh-huh. really slick and smart and being like, no, I'm just going to kind of give the people what they want sort of a director, right? So I know. think me and Paul S. Anderson are on a creative wavelength where we're actually pretty clever cookies, but everything we love is the stupidest version of itself. <laughs> Because, I mean, think about his movies, especially the ones I love, because at this point, considering he's actually won me over with this movie that I've hated for years, he's three for three with me, right? Because Mortal Kombat, I I changed your mind on Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, no, that I I have to. So I have to say fully, I was very wrong. I was way too arrogant and uptight when I first saw that film. And on second (laughs) viewing with Joel, it's a good movie. It's definitely a good movie. It's maybe the best video game movie ever made. You know, it's just. It's it's like so like true to the franchise, and he gets all the characters right, even though they're idiot characters for a moron punch game. You're just like, yeah, Luke Kang does a bicycle kick on reptile. That blew my mind in the theater when I was a kid, you know. And so like, he he made that one. Event Horizon is another one where it's just like, all right, we I, I want a uh, I want Hellraiser in space. 
but I want to do it really well. And there's all these little scenes, like that Lawrence Fishburne scene in that movie where he's describing like the, the fire cascading beautifully in space as it kills his crew. And it's like, wow, that's actually really intelligent and artful and thought out. And and then like a guy pulls his eyes out. It's just, I don't know. I, th- I think that he loves the stupid in the same visceral idiot way that I do, but he's unfortunately a smart guy. So yeah. Uh, Paul S. Anderson, you're right. A very strange guy to pin down. Well, also, I sometimes I get the feeling too that like what's smart is um, is kind of arbitrary. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like I feel like I'm becoming more convinced of that every time I see yeah. a Paul S. Anderson film. Well, what I mean by that is it's like it's like just like a culturally determined thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you know, uh, and and it's 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 and so yeah, I don't I don't want to get too deep into it here, but like I, I don't know I. Again, I, 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 to me, this kind of movie is just like a good kick in the pants to be just like, okay, I'm here for like action and zombies, and to kind of forget that there's a world outside the movie and just enjoy myself, and, uh, um, and I do, you know, and and again, I, even though I do think that the movies get questionable quality as the franchise goes on, I remember watching it. I think up and through Afterlife, I can't remember at what point I kind of fell off because it got a little hard to follow what was going on but i'm pretty sure afterlife was the um the the last resident evil movie i had seen um but yeah so i don't know i I think we've been going on for almost an hour here um i didn't uh, expect to enjoy this movie this much i honestly i i hated this movie for so long oh here's something i guess where 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 do we put this in the because this is zombie month where do we put this in zombie uh in in the zombie category because so far we've done what night of the comet and uh what was Mm. the other one we did um i don't know why i'm drawing a blank on it 28 Uh, days later 28 days later both of those are questionable zombie movies right because there's a debate over whether those are actually zombies so is this firmly in the zombie camp or are we yeah yeah yeah. this is is weirdly the most firmly in the zombie camp because they obey the romero zombie rules they're Mm. they are the dead that have come back to life because of reason and you have to shoot them in the head they eat flesh and if you get bit you turn into a zombie that's like the classic romero Mm. you know zombie rules so yeah these this is the zombiest of the zombies we've encountered so far Mm. and also one of them is a skinless tongue monster which which oddly works even though it's a zombie movie And maybe that's just because the video game paved the way for us and we were willing to accept that. It Um, it is weird that this seems less like a Resident Evil movie than 28 Days Later, which was inspired by the Resident Evil game. So of the two movies that were inspired by Resident Evil directly, it's the less of the Resident Evil-y of the two. But it is more classically zombie. I get the feeling with 28 Days Later, it was more Resident Evil made made him think, I really love zombies and I want to do a zombie movie more than him trying to do a movie. Because like you say, there isn't a whole lot of Resident Evil in 28 Days Later. I think it was more a, it got his brain going on the on the zombie cycle than, uh, than anything else. Zombie cycle. Oh, I want yeah. a zombie cycle now. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I guess we got uh, I guess we got one or two more zombie movies after this one. I don't know what I don't know if we've decided on what the next one is going to be, um, but I was sort of dreading doing this one. I'm really glad we did. Um, I've come around on this movie. I don't know that I'll it's a favorite or anything, but yeah, yeah. Well, to give my my final thought here, I you know I said at the beginning I don't know if I'd recommend it, 
And it's like, after talking to you guys about it, I've realized this is the kind of movie I'm basing it on my opinion of having sat by myself, watched (laughs) it alone, thinking about it. If I was like sitting with a group of friends, you know, and we just put on a horror movie and there was kind of like some minor chit chat going on. We were watching it like it would be great. It's like I think this would totally work because, I mean, you know, during, during the early part of the movie, you're still kind of talking with your friends. And that's when everything is no nonsense. Boom, boom, boom. Everything's totally predictable. And then halfway through, the dog kick happens and everyone kind of is like, whoa, what's going on? And kind you kind of get drawn in a little more. And it's like I think I, I would recommend this movie if you watch it like with some friends I that, that obviously are in the, the mood for this kind of movie, of course. But uh yeah, I think I think I think my problems came more from watching it alone. Yeah, I, I would recommend the movie. I would also highly, highly recommend if you have it on DVD, listen to the commentary track. Provided Ooh. it's the commentary track that first appeared on it when it came out, because there's they bring huh. Mila Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez in to do the commentary, and I'm pretty sure they've been drinking, and it's just it's <laughs> very unfiltered. It's very unfiltered. So it's because I I used to be obsessed with director commentary tracks. I don't really do them quite as much anymore, but I used to actually enjoy the director commentary more than the actual movie sometimes. And and that was one of the ones that I remember being like, wow, that was a great great commentary track because some of them really suck, but that one was uh, you know kind of illuminating and also fun. Um, which and I don't think it was available. I rented this on Prime to watch it this time, and I don't think it was available there. Um, so yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, again, Resident Evil 2002, and we'll be back on with another zombie movie next time. <laughs> <laughs>